This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps, or should I say lovely labs. I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge. We're going to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, relationships, intimacy, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ooh, hmm, can't help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we dive in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content in Nam, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if you're already, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh my god, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. It's my podcast. I'm leaving it in. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Lavia Lounge. All right, Yang, I'm coming at you with some more live recordings from another festival. I set up the Labia Lounge Live at a day festival called Summer of Love by Culture Jam, and it was loads of fun. Uh, we got to work out the new gazebo. It was absolutely pouring with rain all day, which was a bit of a bummer, and you'll definitely hear the sound of the rain on the gazebo above us. But we created a pretty cozy little space in there, and I had lots of different punters come up and share vulnerably with me and tell me some stories. I asked a series of questions to most people. Uh, This week's episode is going to be focused on all of the answers that I got to the question, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during sex? Um, Sprinkled in a couple of TMIs and Sandy Clams, um, classic segments. And then in the next installment or two, there'll be other questions that I asked on the day around the most debaucherous thing they've ever done, what they think is missing in the average sexual encounter, um, and what their first time sex experience was like, among some fun other little things. So you can look forward to that. And I will just warn you that the sound quality is not amazing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the tech side of things and kind of just making it work on the fly. So I actually fucked up on the day and (laughs) forgot my headphones. So I was uh, not realizing that I wasn't holding the microphone close enough to my mouth. So most of the guests you can hear pretty clearly. I'm a lot harder to hear. I had to cut out really big chunks of some fucking great discussions because you just couldn't hear a single thing. So that's a bit of a shame. Apologies in advance for that. If, uh, you know, we had a good convo and you don't see it featured in here, it might have been because I had to cut it Um And I'm spewing because I said some fucking great stuff that day and you just can't hear it. But uh, there's still some awesome stories and shares from guests of the Labia Lounge. So I hope you enjoy. All right. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during a sexual encounter? Oh, no. I was hoping you would ask that one. (laughs) I feel like there's two things. But now that I look back on them, they don't feel embarrassing because maybe I've done... But they were at the time. Yeah. So it was like the first time I like properly orgasmed. Yeah. 
and I had I had broken up with my previous partner, and he, I lost my virginity to him. Yeah. Except this guy I always had an interest in. He's like a fair few years older than me, and like I was like I was orgasming, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I freaked out. I fully you orgasmed on your own. Before? Not like that. Like okay. like maybe just like a tink, maybe yeah. tinkly or like yeah, I was yeah, a late yeah. bloomer, so I would have been like at this stage I was like twenty one maybe. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I was coming really hard and then freaking out because I was like, what, what is this experience? And like, I ejaculated Nice. and I, I just felt so embarrassed because I, not only did, did I not understand what was happening? I like, it was, and still to this day, like I'm, what is it? 10 years later or something. I'm still like, now I understand that process for me, but, but beforehand the first time I was just like I don't even this is so powerful I don't know how to control it I was out of control and he was thank god he was very familiar with this sort of thing but yeah it was definitely one of the most embarrassing thing I was freaking out um but it was hot as well. Now I look back, I'm like, oh, that's that shit was I hot. Handled it well because, like, I hear this story. Or actually, literally, someone on the couch just before was mm. saying like that kind of thing happened to them, and mm. they, the partner was like, "Did you just piss?" Or, like, yeah, and I hear yeah. That a lot. Oh god, yeah. Where, like the partner hasn't re- reacted. Reacted. Well, and then it just mm. fucking shames you and makes you feel really traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not be able to skirt in the future or like oh. you know, have a bit of shame around it. I'm so I was really grateful to have someone who understood what that was because I didn't and I freaked out and he had to hold me in that coach me through it and it was really beautiful and yeah that was the first early days of like wow what an orgasm sex can be really pleasurable yeah because before that I was like oh I was just not a fan of sex I was like for a good year and a half I was like oh this is I don't like this um and the other one the other embarrassing time would have been when I, what do you call it, queefed or queefed? Queefed. And I was, yeah. And I thought, oh, that was, and it was someone new. So it was not like an intimate relationship. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I swear, because the first time that happened to me, it's like very rarely happened, but when it has, it's like, it's been because they're fucking me in a particular way. Yeah, position. Mm. It's like they're pushing air almost inside of you, and it's like. And I find, like, I've noticed it's more like that really, like, like jackhammer boning, like in and out, like almost drawing it all the way out and then smashing it back in, like that fawn sex, which is like so not a vibe. Like my poor pussy. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember that happening with like someone new and it was because they were like having sex in that way which like I wasn't really used to I was used to like making love yeah um, <laughs> grinding those hips in yeah. different directions seeing what the sweet spot is yeah, and it was, yeah it's different I was so embarrassed because mm. I was like what the fuck was that and actually it was his fucking fault mm. because of the way that he was having sex but anyway yeah it really is an angle thing for me as well like it does happen very rarely but when i like when i do when i receive doggy it seems to be often then and i think it's like this angle Um, oh that is that is a big question most embarrassing thing i reckon it's probably when i was i was in queensland I was trying to have sex on the beach 
been at a, at a kind of a day festival, had drunk too much, couldn't really get it up, and ended up just sort of coming pretty much as soon as, you know, got inside. And it was, but it was embarrassing, but it wasn't because I just started laughing. And she started laughing. We were both just laughing at this, like, kind of ridiculous, funny situation. But it's that thing of, you know, as, as a man, the kind of, there is a bit of that shame around, like, oh, you've got to be, like, hard and strong and last a long time and all that kind of stuff. And, like, yeah, those moments that happen, they still kind of catch on to that, like, oh, this is really embarrassing, but yeah, it was actually all, it was all good. The pre- he was slightly better endowed than the first person I had sex with, so he actually broke my hymen and I bled all over him, and I didn't realise. And then afterwards, I like went to the bathroom and just saw this blood running down my legs. And bless him, he just like dealt with it and wasn't going to say anything. I was just like, "This is fine." And he thought I had my period, Aww. and like, he was just being lovely about it. And yeah. I, but I like bled all over both of us and all of his. Which I was like, your first time probably having sex is pretty embarrassing, but like, not too bad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and then there's all the like funny noises that happen at totally. different times and funny yeah. sounds and yeah, you know, Bodies. that have happened. Bodies are gross and wonderful and beautiful and yeah. silly. You just gotta laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. most good sex sessions have laughing in it at some Bugs, point in time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't take it too seriously. Otherwise, no. it's not funny. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no. <laughs> I mean, I suppose anal is like an, like uh, anal and like if there's any poo there that's like kind of unexpected. Yeah. It's kind of that's with you receiving or giving. Giving, yeah. Like I've um, not too, uh, you know, dabbled in a bit of pegging and okay, yeah. here and there, you know, but not really my thing. But I don't know. Maybe just haven't met the right person yet. <laughs> uh, certainly open, you know, open to. Uh, yeah, the, the the like the the powerless like the powerlessness like an ecstasy of all the orgasms that like people experience like it's, it's quite powerful to be behind that and I really love totally. pegging for that and it's like well you know it's time to be up for one of those orgasms like I've been, yeah yeah great thanks for sharing yeah it seemed like that was maybe an edge for you for a second there an edge <laughs> we brought it back around. I think when I was on my period and it was just like, you know, when it gets like um, clogs and it was dark and it was just like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't embarrassing as much as it was uncomfortable because, you know, but I guess embarrassing would be one time that I got a little booger in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, we're making out and then I'm like, oh, there's something salty in my mouth. <laughs> I guess. Um, in nature, on a track. Yeah, I had somebody walk past while we were there. We just found ourselves in a moment thinking we were miles away from anything, and then we weren't. <laughs> it happened. It happened. The person that walked past was very cool about it, and we were cool nice. about it, and we were like, <laughs> just gave you a little salute. We had a smile on our face for the rest of the day. <laughs> I bet that that person did too. We all, we all did, I'm sure. Yeah, so that was a that was a fun thing that happened. Um, embarrassing. I don't really find um, 
sexual experiences particularly embarrassing. Right! Even like when I'm, you were really young and vulnerable and impressionable, you didn't get embarrassed over things that your body did or... Sure, like, I mean, maybe, like, you know, pussy farts during sex are embarrassing when you're young, you know, until you realize that that's just a thing and you just go with the flow and, you know, try and make them louder. (laughs) I mean, embarrassment is in my mind, first of all, so I guess, like, the thing that I was most... uh, I don't know if ashamed, but just uh, felt bad was uh, coming fast. Some people with penises have that issue. So I think that most of my life I would not say much. I would either try to hide it or uh, say it uh, when it happens. Uh, For me, personally, I was able most of the time to get back to it just after uh, so but what yeah you uh, that whole proce- process of taking it off maybe putting a new condom if, if we if we want to if we feel like it then uh, that's also like a downer because those moments as, as human as someone who used to really do that a lot uh, it breaks it breaks the mood and then I feel more and more like bad about myself because I cannot so nowadays I I talk about it a bit before uh, and right now actually with the right partner uh, these things are talked about and then are known even though it's not the, like the most like Still not the most comfortable thing I, I'm doing, but it's now known that yeah I can can feel free to do whatever and, and whatever comes uh, comes and yeah in a way it's about about having the right communication with your partner, which is new for me. I mean, like I remember one time in my early twenties having sex with a male partner and like I was on top and I did a little bit of I pooed a little bit on his balls during sex it's just like a little speck of poo and I was like oh that's a bit embarrassing but it was like just wipe that away and keep going you know that wasn't a huge deal no nobody made a big deal out of it there was maybe like five seconds of like I can't believe that just happened and then it was like Okay, move on. You got a TMI for me. I have a TMI for <laughs> you. <laughs> so I was still a virgin. Okay. And uh, curiosity killed the cat as always. Um, <laughs> and. I used to, so my parents had a TV in their bedroom and when uh, the parents were like watching the news in the lounge room or something, the kids would be hanging out in the bedroom. And sometimes you just get a little bit distracted. You're just like laying in the bed getting bored and you're just opening and closing like the, the sock drawer and shit. Oh yeah, it happens to me all yeah. the time. <laughs> okay. And I came across uh, my mum's sock drawer and I looked in and I found this long, hard, 
thing that at the time I didn't realize when I picked it up, and then I knocked a button and it started oh, vibrating. Wow. This is such a classic. Tra- I feel like I'm in a TV show. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And so I remember taking a mental note of it, putting it back in the drawer, and then one day when my family were away, I got the. <gasps> Went back to the drawer. I was probably fourteen or fifteen, yeah, okay. and I uh, yeah, curiosity killed the cat, and I ended up putting yes, my mum's vibrator <laughs> in me. <laughs> was it good? Well, again, I was still a virgin, so my hymen was there still, and I couldn't actually get it all the way in. I just remember it hurting a little bit, and then I I think I t- tore a little bit, but like yeah, just like like shoved it back in the drawer. I don't even think I wiped it or anything. Whoa, well, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Or maybe I did maybe I did with a tissue or something but I just remember yeah. like, reflecting back on that like in, the, in my adult years and like initially I thought it was a secret I was going to take to my grave but I've definitely told mm. many people now have you told your mum yet? no <laughs> no no <laughs> I don't think I'd ever do that at the moment I'm afflicted by thrush for six weeks six to eight weeks it's been like it's been since like November. I like. I can't have intercourse at the moment. It's not going away. Even with like all the fucking pharmaceutical shit. Yeah. It's like it's like this. Look, look. Symptoms are managed. Yeah. I'm not like in discomfort or like the constant itch or anything. But I'm just like this is. It's still not. It's out of balance. Yeah. And I'm like that's affecting me at the moment because I moved down to Melbourne, being like I recently, like three months ago, and I was like I'm gonna live my like. Hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. <laughs> Eternal. Crush. Yeah. Damn, and that's a fucking killer. I am not a fan. Well, I've got a podcast episode about thrush. Cool. I'll have to check like it out. Naturally, I interviewed like a Chinese med doctor yeah. who's like really specialised in women's health and hormones and vaginas. So if you, yeah, I'll send it your way. Thank you. Yeah. At this stage, I'm like open to everything, anything. anything. Yeah. I just want it to be gone. Fucking oath, dude. <laughs> such a fucking killer. Yeah. I, yeah, I had like years where I had on and off kind of thrush and BB, like probably like every month for like years. Uh. And just, every time I had sex, especially with a new person, it would just be fucked. Like no. it was really painful and just a constant, yeah, like yeah. couldn't go camping, couldn't do festivals, couldn't like, had to be so Hey, baby babes. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that I'd love you to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. There you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies, behind the scenes, or discounts for offerings from guests who have been interviewed on the podcast. There'll also be hopefully, inspiring, thought-provoking conversations and support from a community of labial legends like yourself. My vision for this is that it becomes a really supportive, educational and hilarious resource for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to links in the show notes or look up the Labial Lounge group in Facebook and I'll see you in there. And now, back to the episode. The most embarrassing thing... Mm. Um, there's a lot of like imbalance involved with like sexuality I guess a lot of like in comforts um, I think like you know like just like not being confident maybe not like have like erection 
Mm, I'm trying to think of like a certain like event. Um, it's okay, we can't think of something as well. Mm. I think a lot of people would be able to relate to like you know maybe not having or being able to keep an erection and then that feeling a little bit like oh. Yeah, I think I, I get a lot of like not a lot, yeah. but I had few times that like. I completely like lost interest, lost interest in like the middle of the, and then I just like, I could, I did not like know what to do, like how to get out of the situation and all. As in, you were halfway through having sex. Yeah. You lose interest and you don't want to be having sex anymore. Yeah. But you don't know how to mm. say that. Yeah. Do you think that it's because, like? There's this expectation, which I think is completely wrong, but there's this expectation that sex isn't over until the guy has ejaculated. Mm. And so you were like, oh, I haven't come, but I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know how to finish it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, it's just, like, like going down even more, you know, because, like, I can't really... And I also don't want to, like, be disrespectful, you know, to my partner and... Yeah. yeah. I've actually heard that from a lot of people recently, like that they kind of want to wrap things up and like finish, but they don't know how to get out of the situation once they're in it. Yeah. And then they're actually like both thinking that, but they don't want to upset or hurt the other person. Mm, yeah. I think it happens a lot, you know, when like a lot of people just like want sex. Yeah. And they just like. Okay, I have some interaction with this person, and it seems like can be physical. And they okay, yeah, I want sex, but then like they don't really like having this like real connection, you know, like this soul bound. And then they like they just like you know like tick the box, you know. Yeah, yeah I already had sex, like, and, and then it's yeah. So like having like really soul connection is. I realize it's like it's the whole thing. Yeah. Do you think that's why you would lose interest halfway through? Because there wasn't a soul connection in those times? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm. Um, I think farting. Like, I know it's natural, but it's like one of those things that you're always trying to hold in, I guess, and when it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also a good indicator of like what your partner is like. Sorry, no, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a really good indicator of what kind of a person your partner is, how they react to that sort of thing as well. Like if they're just understanding and. Have you had someone react badly? No. No, not really. I guess it's just like the sort of little looks that they give you that make you feel even more uncomfortable. But if they just ignore it or laugh about it, it's yeah. a-okay. Do you prefer ignore it or laugh and acknowledge? Uh, probably just ignore it. Yeah. All right. I feel like I'm like a bit of a have a bit of a giggle and acknowledge it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. I mean, I guess there's like different volumes as well that you can ignore, but well, then if it's really, totally. <laughs> like, then you have to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I actually do have an embarrassing one that this, that this, like this could go in the podcast, but like, so I met, this is years ago, I met someone on um, a dating app, which 
and um, we chatted a bit and then we're both kind of like about to go over to, to Thailand like solo and we're like oh hey well why don't we just kind of join up and go together and so we uh, well we hadn't even bought flights like but we were like okay we'll just yeah. like get on the same flight and then we met up for the first time like <laughs> the day before this flight yeah. and I was like yeah the chemistry the attraction wasn't really there but I was like okay well look you know we had kind of said like look if it isn't we'll just go separate ways and anyway I <laughs> we got to the gate at security and um, I had like a jumbo sized lube thing like like and you know not what, thinking yeah not thinking like exactly yeah exactly like, no, no, like in front of everyone and the guy's like not discreet he's like you know you can get it over there and stuff and it's like it's like yeah <laughs> like, and uh yeah so that was uh, that and then i think maybe she was pretending not to even notice like because we hadn't even like yeah yeah it's a polite thing to do yeah, absolutely like but uh <laughs> the time, yeah, I got to use it with other people in that trip. So you got to keep it. They didn't make. Oh no, I, I didn't. I got some. I got the same one in there okay, yeah. <laughs> when I got to Thailand. Got to <laughs> right on. Right on. This is an embarrassing thing. Um, probably like shitting the bed or something after anal and like a yeah. like five grams of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that. Yeah. yeah, those drugs and those things. That's what Whoa. happens. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. Shit. Yeah, so literally, literally, literally. literally. Did you someone that you felt like comfortable with, or was it? Like, oh, it was. A, it was. Oh no, like I actually. So I say embarrassing, but I actually don't get embarrassed by things. That's probably funny. Do you know what I mean? Like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I um, it's not. Yeah, I'm very liberated. I'm sort of like, oh well, that's a thing that happened anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was someone that I was just having this like crazy sort of fling with that I I was traveling up the east coast for work. Yeah. Um, and so you know we'd get on the old Tinder and just find someone to have fun with. And it was so funny. I'll never forget. Like, he walked in. And he, like, has an envelope and he just, like, slams it down on the coffee table. He's like, you have no idea how fucking lucky you are to have matched with me. I was like, mate, you have no fucking idea how lucky you are to have matched with me. And then, like, because we both thought, like, we were just, like, the most fun person ever. (laughs) And then, like, at the end of the night, he's like, okay, no, seriously, usually, like, I'm the fun one. He's like, but you actually are more fun than me. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, but what was in the envelope? Did he slap down on the table? Full of cocaine. Yeah, and other drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you met him Matt, or well, he knows he's Matt. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was funny because he, like, yeah, he literally basically said that he was used to always being the one that was like, he was always like, now nah, this person's lucky to have matched with me, you know? Like, I'm, I'm bringing, like, I'm bringing the entertainment, I'm bringing the fun, but he was just like, oh, no, actually, you are a good time gal. And I was like, I am, I am. Yeah, so that was fun. And then the funniest thing was that I realised, like, afterwards said something about like oh how do you I feel like we were like something about Facebook and then we realised we had a mutual and he goes oh how do you know this person and I was like that's my sister and he's like and he's like I fucked her in a hot tub in Sydney like whatever and I was like fuck off so like was she as fun as me though and I mean yeah I mean probably she probably was as fun I feel like we're both fun people but um yeah it's funny because I would I would 
I wasn't embarrassed for my, like, I actually, at the time, I remember when it happened and I squirted and I remember kind of understanding what it was about, knowing it was normal for me, but the other person was really embarrassed and that's what caused the shame. So I feel like I wasn't embarrassed for myself. I was uncomfortable that they were grossed out. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a pretty common thing that yes. happens for women totally. as well because men think it's weed. Yeah. yeah. And even if it was, you know, like, yeah. Um, no yeah. And then yeah. The reaction to it makes you feel like shame. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Something's wrong with me. Like, yeah. I should have said, or like, uh, what yeah. does this mean about me and my no. sexual. I've had lots of clients that say like, oh, the first time I squirted was with a partner. He didn't know what it was. He freaked out. I felt so much shame and I've never been able to squirt since. Yeah, right. Because as they say that, don't they? Like if you're not, it really only happens when you're completely, completely relaxed and very safe. And then when you want it to happen, (laughs) it doesn't happen because there's pressure. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Excuse this quick interruption. I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people I can help with it. Reviews and ratings actually do make a big difference to this little independent podcaster, Um, and it's really easy to just quickly show your support by taking that simple act of either leaving five stars for the show on Spotify or, even better, writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're a real overachiever, you can do them both. That would be mad. If you're writing a review though, just be sure to use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't make it through the gates. Lame. Anyway, I would personally recommend doing that right now while you remember just to get on top of it and let me know you're with me on this journey. Thanks, gang. Enjoy the rest of the epi. Ah, shit. Far out, woman. What's got sand in your clam now? Sand in my clam. I have a segment on my podcast. You might not be able to think of something on the spot, but the mm. segment's called Sand in My Clam. And I generally ask people, like, <laughs> what is like, what gets sand in your clam? Specifically to, like, I guess living in a patriarchal society and having a vagina and, like, shit that you're just like, ugh, you know. Gosh, where to even begin? <laughs> I think it probably has changed as I get older. So I'm 44 now. I think when I was younger, it would have been um, not, I wouldn't say unwanted attention, but constant attention of the physical, you know, of your physical form. Whereas now I probably don't care. Oh, well, I don't care about that like I did before. So it's not an issue. But I think now as a 44 year old woman, it's almost like, we're seen as kind of over the hill in some ways where our sexuality is concerned and where our, but actually from what I know, women, my age, we actually have grown so much more. It's the time for us to actually be so free and be so open. And the stigma around that is pretty, pretty yuck, you know? Um, Not, not always, but there, I feel like there is, I've been dating for about a year now and I feel like there is definitely a stigma with, you know, women who want to explore but also want respect right like 
not just yeah and want to have intimate sexual connections that are long term or like permanent but also want to be treated with all the beautiful things totally, totally. and yeah. you feel like your kind of standards are like you're way more discerning nowadays and your standards for what you'll settle for and not settle for are like completely different yeah. to when you were younger yeah. Yeah. yeah which is why so many women are single yeah. Especially yeah. in my age group. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we we don't want what we wanted before. Yeah. And men our age, I have found, and it's a, such a stereotype and such a judgment, but in my experience, men my age who have been married before or in long-term relationships before now are defensive yeah. and bitter. Yes. Do you know what? I've actually got, like, I would say at least four or five friends that have been talking to me recently who are all between 40 and 50 yeah that are all fucking young guys yeah <laughs> yeah and like because they don't like, come with that 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 attitude and that defensiveness and of course we are like completely stereotyping and not every yeah. man is like that just like not every person is whatever but um i think women who have got to a certain age and have done the marriage or even kids and then have got this time now to just sort of like be a bit free have worked on their stuff and a lot of men haven't and so then there's this big gap when you go out with a man and you see that they're just like you end up being this they want a therapist (laughs) they want a therapist that they can screw and it's like no no I've been there done that no thanks hence why you come to a festival on your own (laughs) yeah yeah, because it's like, yeah, yeah. My toddler's with my with his grandma right now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those things irk me. And just not being able to find quality men who really are open to having a woman who is, like, knows herself the way that she does. Oh, and another thing, completely probably off topic, non-vocal men sexually. It is, like, such an irk for me, such a, like, a thing. And it's a real problem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but I have dated a lot of men who just are so, when it comes to intimacy, are so like, yeah, they watch way too much porn. They don't know how to express themselves. They're almost scared of their expression. Yeah. Yeah. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. Like when you can sense that they're so uncomfortable with like being really expressive, yeah. not very like vocal or verbal. And they're kind of just this like silent stoic type. Yeah, it's like, yeah, how yes. Pleasure, yes. A, an expression you're actually able to enjoy yes. when you're bottling it all up. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, yeah. it's not what you want. Yeah, and then you can also sense like when they have, when they orgasm, that it's, that you are the release for every fucking thing, problem in their life. That's honestly, that's why like you have to be so careful with your like energy, your your body you know in a way because ultimately and I'm only learning that now in my 40s that like the heart and pussy connection like one doesn't open without the other like I've never actually really allowed myself to wait for that um I'd like to be able to but I'm a bit impatient so I don't know it's a tricky thing hey I don't know yeah it's tricky because yeah yeah I totally feel it is worth like waiting and yeah. taking your time and like you don't have anything to lose by taking yeah. your time but you do have a lot to lose by skipping ahead or rushing yes yes but at the same time like sometimes you're just horny yeah yeah, yeah you just fucking <laughs> you know you get pussy brain yeah, and yeah. you're like oh well can it yeah yeah like, yeah oh. yeah 
if something else is getting sand in your clam, like, I'm open to whatever. Yeah, I mean, it seems like an obvious one, but, like, people who lack spatial awareness. Oh, dude. Yeah, like, in a line, in a hallway, in a crowd. Like, I noticed it a few times today at work. Like, people leaving the space and bumming into others and not even, like, turning around to be like, oh, pardon me. And that tends to come from more masked people. Yeah. Um, But in general, just, like... I think it's a real power to be aware of your own space, your presence, your orbit, what's around you, and to, like, weave through the world with a bit of, like, a bit of grace and awareness. And people who don't have that, it's a bit... Good answer. Like, weave through the world with awareness and grace. And that's a wrap for this week's instalment from Summer of Love. Uh, next time I'll be sharing all the stories that people told me about the most debaucherous thing they've ever done, their first time sex experiences, and potentially if we can fit it in, although it might be a whole other episode, I ask everyone what they think is commonly missing from the average sexual encounter. And there's some really cool answers to that. So tune in for more to come. Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.